Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Sheree Felice, and this week I'm speaking with Jerry Chen, a surgeon, a biomedical engineer, and most importantly, the CEO of Brain Navi, a startup company behind NowTrack, a surgical navigation robot used to assist brain surgeons. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Hi. So, Jerry. Hi, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> So Jerry, tell me, what does Brain Navi as a company provide to the yeah, public? Actually, we provide a new technique that is called NowTrack. It is a autopilot neurosurgery. If you look at a story or you look at a movie, you see some robots doing the surgery for the doctors. Actually, we made it happen. We make it reality. So we are doing an autopilot brain navigation robot that can help medical doctors, uh, help surgeons to do the surgery more precisely and more safely. Yeah. Okay. So, is the robotic surgical element made by BrainNavi? Is that called NowTrack? Yes. Okay. So, is that similar to the Da Vinci surgical device in the United States? Oh no, actually not. Uh, you know that uh, Da Vinci is a very comprehensive system, and it combines uh, with several robotic arms. However, it's a kind of remote control robot. Actually, it copies the doctor's movement, so the doctor is still controlling the robots. So if the doctor has less experience, you still don't have a very good surgical experience. However, for our device, Nautra is a kind of autopilot robot. That means you plan the pathway, you plan the entry point, you plan the target point, and the device will put the instrument inside your brain more precisely from your entry point to your target point. So it's a kind of autopilot robot. Like the autopilot car, it drives for you. So it will be more precisely and just like you have a Tesla, you, you plan your pathway and, and then the car will drive to the point for you. So it will eliminate or it will decrease much more of the learning curve of, of the doctor. So that is what we want because I'm also a surgeon. So with the new technique, the doctors don't need to have a long learning curve for learning a new surgery. So it will be more faster and more safe and more easier for surgeons to do the surgery. Especially for some surgery that needs a very precision or need very should be very careful, such like brain surgery. You don't want to hurt any other tissues that you you don't want to interrupt. Right. So basically, what you're saying is that the goal of NowTrack is to be completely autonomous and not partially autonomous, like. The Da Vinci robot. Yeah, well, Da Vinci is a kind of remote control, so it is not uh, automatically. It's a remote control machine or remote control robot. And for us, actually, we don't want to replace the medical doctor. We want to help doctors do the procedure more precisely with our robot assist. Such like uh, when we you are doing these procedures, uh, when the instrument is placing with our system. The doctors actually have to watch for that and have to monitor that. Why we want to do that? Because in the brain, you know, the cell of brain cannot regenerate. So we don't want to hurt other tissues than what you want. So we use the robot to place the instrument inside your brain very precisely, and you don't have a lot of shaking like human hands. So it will eliminate your learning curve, eliminate the hurt of other normal tissues. When you approach the target and the removal of the tumor or some coagulation of tumors or or placing some tube, still have to be done by doctors. I see. I see. Okay, but when you talk about 
shaky hands. I would say the majority of people who choose to become brain surgeons, they are the ones who don't have shaky hands. So why would you say this system is more efficient than a human being? Yeah, well, uh, we are human now, human getting old. So sometimes when we are young, when we have energy, don't have shaking hands, of course. So when you are getting old, the stability, your energy, your body power become much more less than you are young. So you still have to face this kind of problem. Besides, if you check the average age of the specialties of all the kind of surgeons, neurosurgeon is one of the eldest ones for all of the surgeons. They have the highest average age. So you can imagine that when you're doing a surgery, if your doctors are doing a surgery for whole day, they do the surgery for five hours, and then you are the next one, well, you will be worried about that. You, of course, want the doctors to be as precise, as focused as the first one in the day, but however, we are humans. So we are not replacing doctors. We want to use new techniques to make the doctors to doing more important things. That is that they're planning the pathway, they're planning the surgery, but not spending their energy in doing the surgery only. Yeah, that's what we want. Yeah. Do you think that this specific device will be dedicated solely to the brain only? Or in the future, would you like to see it used for other forms of surgery around the body? Well, of course. We use several new techniques, such like we use 3D cameras, and we use some optic sensors, and we use AI and robotic arms to do the surgery for neurosurgeons right now. However, these navigation systems can also be used in other scenarios. So we're actually planning uh, our next for other application in other area of surgery. So maybe next year I can share more about new application about that part. Not, not only in brain, of course. We want to help more surgeons with the new technique to help them to do surgery more precisely and to help more people. And with less energy, and they can preserve their lifestyle. They don't have to spend all the day in the hospitals. They can preserve their lifestyles and preserve their energy for the family. So what's the next part of the body that you're hoping to focus on? Oh, right now, you know that we have more and more diagnostic tools that can identify small tumors, such like kidney tumors, prosthetic tumors, or renal tumors, or, or others, such as lung tumors, breast tumors. We are right now collaboration with some universities right now, and also the in-house R&D are doing some research. We are looking for treating some small cancers right now. So that will be our new project. But right now we have not yet finished the survey that which area we are going to. But I think very soon in the future we will identify what kind of target we are going to focus. Okay, so what you first said is that it is used for virtual training for surgeons. But is it being used for actual humans right now? Has it been approved for human clinical trials? Yeah, actually from 2018, November, uh, we started to do the clinical trial in Hualien City Hospital. We collaborate with the president of Hualien City Hospital and the director of Hualien City Hospital. Uh, we already do uh, 18 cases under the IRB approval. So the 18 cases all done very well. For the 18 cases, we do the EVD, that is uh, intraventricular drainage of the hydrocephalus. So all of the patients receive the surgery 
very well and very dedicated, and all the arrow is less than two millimeters with one attempt. So the doctors don't, work, don't have to worry about that correct or is that uh, difficult or am I doing at the right position? Because in a, traditionally, you just open a small bird hole in the brain and then you put a tube, maybe seven centimeters inside and then check if the bleed come out. But actually, when there's no fluid, you don't know is that too deep or too shallow or too left, too right, don't know. But with our system, you're just planning it and then let it do that for you. And with one attempt, it always go to the right place you planned. So with these 18 cases, actually, they are very happy about the results. The doctors are very excited that such that Professor Lin Xinrong, that is the superintendent of Hualien City Hospital, he is a very famous uh, neurosurgeon. He said that in his neurosurgery life for 40 years, it is the first time that he can cross his arm and step on a panel and look at the surgery finish itself. So precisely and dedicated. Yeah. Wow, I see. That's amazing. Does the now track have a built-in head CT or MRI to allow the surgeon to see the location of the lesions in the brain? Yeah, actually... We want to reserve the space for the operation room, so we don't want to put a big CD or big MR in the operation room because we want to use the technique for all the surgeons, not only the one in the medical center. So with our device, you can have CD or MI in the regular CD or MRI and then put the CD or put the images into our system. And then we will automatically identify what kind of images you put in and regenerate the new uh, images that use for our uh, navigation. And then in the operation room, we have a very specific technique. We use some 3D cameras and we use some optic sensors to identify the patient itself and then we collect and regenerate the patient's information. So use that information to compare or to mapping with the previous CT and MRI to make sure that everything is under your control and make sure that the position is right in the location. And I, then we guide the robots to do the surgery. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so for our listeners who may not understand some of the medical terms used during this interview, um, quickly to just explain... Currently, stereotactic surgery uses a three-dimension map guided by the head CT and measurements on the skull on a fixed metal frame. And this is cumbersome as the metal frame puts the distance from the surgeon, his microscope, and the patient. And this new device uses sensors and a predetermined algorithm to map out the brain lesions inside the brain without using a metal frame to provide this landmark. Am I correct in saying this? Yes, totally correct. Tell me, I I know you've said you've already had 18 successful surgeries completed with NowTrack, but what are some risks or drawbacks of using a robotic surgical system? Yeah, I think everything has learning curve. So for our devices, actually the learning curve is very small. The first drawback is that for the patients, actually the patients are worried about, wow, what a big machine 
in front of me. They they were worried about is that uh, accurate as the doctor's hand. Of course, the doctors will have to explain how it works and why it will be so precise uh, in in the locations. So so we have to have some time to explain to the patients and for the. Doctors, they have to learn about how to set up the system. So to reduce the learning curve of medical doctors, we embedded some AIs in it so the doctors can save more time in setting up the system. You just put it to the patients and it will identify the patients, mapping the patient by itself. So that's what we do. But because medical doctors, they are very smart, so we have to tell them what we do and how we do that, and then they can use our technique. Uh, you know, sometimes they will, they will have new ideas. Uh, well, you can improve something. You can improve more about which part. So until now, I think uh, most of the feedback are very positive. Of course, uh, we, we still have something to improve. But I think for the efficiency and for the safety part, I think it's very good for the doctors and patients. Okay. All right. So robotic surgery is already used widely in other areas such as GI or orthopedic or radio surgery for cancer. However, the reason it hasn't been widely adopted for brain surgery is because the brain is so delicate and complex. What made you decide to take on such a complicated and difficult innovation and task? Well, I think there are two things. One is that although the brain is very similar, however, everybody's brain is different. So we use the CT and MI of yours. So we were building up your own map for every individual case. So it will be more precise than only training the robots. We actually use every cases as a new map, as a new one to guide to planning the pathway. So the doctors for every patient, they will be very careful of doing that planning part. And another thing is that why we choose brain as the first target? Actually, because I'm a surgeon, I, I don't want to develop a new device. Actually, it's only better for something. No, we want to do something new, and uh, that is really helpful for doctors and patients, most importantly the patients. So I think uh, for among all the surgeries, uh, including the brain, prostate, lung, liver, or something else, the brain surgery needs precision most. So that's why we choose brain as a first target. So we want to help doctors to do precision surgery more precisely and more safely, especially for patients. So we collaborate with uh, the Professor Lin Xinrong in Hualien City Hospital. Actually, he did a lot of uh, brain surgery, including some stem cell implants and including some um, deep brain stimulation for Parkinsonism. So among his experiences, he thinks that uh, the existing solutions right now is not so intuitive and it's not so easy for doctors to use. And somehow doctors is, uh, you know, they are guessing they are in the right position, but they actually don't have a very good solution for them. So he asked me about how can we do precision surgery more easily, more safely. 
So that's how it started. I, I started to building some ideas of using new technique of uh, 3D cameras, of the optic sensors. Because I myself is not only a medical doctor, I'm also a PhD in biomedical engineer. So wow. I'm also in, yeah, yeah. Wow. You're a smart guy. Thank you very much. So just to be clear, for the now track, a surgeon does not need to be present in the room in order for the now track to perform surgery. That's no, no, no. Because we assist the doctors who do the surgery. So after he's planning about that, he has to watch for it. He has to monitor it at the right place, just beside it. But he don't have to use his hand to holding the instruments. I he see. Just, uh, yeah, he's just looking at it and make sure it go to the right place he plans. But he has to be there, such like if you drive a Tesla, you still have to be there as driving, yeah. I see. Whereas the Da Vinci requires the doctor to actually use the robotic arms himself to perform the surgery. Yeah. I yeah. see. Okay, so there's the difference. Do you believe a well-trained robot could do a better job in regards to surgical procedures than a human being in both simple as well as complex procedures? Well, actually, um, I'm a surgeon. Yeah, so, so yeah. I don't want to use a robot that will replace my position in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, however, I think um, for robots, it is used to assist the doctors. For robotic surgery, it's a new era. We help doctors to do the surgery, but we actually cannot make decisions for them. We help the doctors to, to do some precision movements that human hand cannot achieve, or human hand can barely achieve. They need a lot of focus and a lot of energy, but with robots, with some assisted machines, you can do that very easily. You're just planning that. However, doing the surgery is not only placing an instrument there, it's not only doing that part. You have to face a lot of incidental problems, and you have to face a lot of other problems that can be trained for the robots. I myself is a surgeon, so I don't believe that in the next 10 years that a robot can replace a medical doctor or, or replace a surgeon to do all the surgeries is impossible. But I think for some simple procedures that can be done by machines with a, a very good training for easy, simple procedures, I think that, that would be possible. Without uh, a doctor I, present? Oh uh, No, no, no. I think the doctor or some trainers has to be there also. The some specialists that have to be there, such, such as if you want to draw a blood, in the, in the previously, you have to use a nurse to draw the blood. Mm. But right now, the nurse can control a machine to draw the blood. Mm. It will be more easier. But in the future, you'll have to have a medical doctors there. But in, in some situations, such like if there's a wall or something like that, or some, some area, they don't have a lot of experienced uh, doctors. You can have uh, junior doctors or some assistants there to use the machine to do some easy procedures for you, such that if you can do the, the EVD drainage for some traumatic head injuries, something like that, it will be helpful if uh, the patient is in a very far area with less uh, medical doctors. That can help. Actually, neurosurgeons are, their number is shortage in many, many countries. Exactly, but, yeah. So for some patients, such that what I say, if they, he got a brain tumors, Maybe in an island far away, such like in Philippines or in Malaysia, in such kind of country, they have a lot of islands. 
in the traditionally, if they want to do the surgery, if they found a patient suspect to have a brain tumor, they have to send the patient to their capitals, where they they have a neurosurgeon only there. So they have to bring the patient to the capitals and do the surgery only for maybe brain biopsy, and then send the patient back. But if uh, they don't have so much resources, the patient have to wait and maybe they don't have time to wait. But with our machine, you can bring the machine to the patients in the local hospitals. Maybe they don't have a neurosurgeon, but they have some other general surgeons or some surgeon assistants. They can help to, to set up the device, and then the, the doctors can clean the pathway, and then the assistant, the, the local assistants or local general surgeons can help to do the surgery with robots there. You can do that with a more junior doctor. Okay, and tell me, what would happen if the computer malfunctions in the midst of a procedure or something happens to the robot during the surgery? Yeah, so we have a lot of safety functions over there. So for designing a software or designing a machine for clinical use, it's not like your only your computer of desktop computers. You have to design a lot of safety items. So if something happened there, you have to stop immediately at there. And if something uh, such that if you hit the patient during the surgery, it will stop by itself right away, stop. And then you can pull back the machine with uh, medical assistance beside the robot. So, so that's why human has to be there monitoring the procedures. Okay. One of the biggest concerns about the Da Vinci is the cost. So for NowTrack, is it less or more costly than traditional neurosurgery? Well, oh, of course, if you compare to Da Vinci, I think um, maybe one Da Vinci can buy two or three NowTrack. I, <laughs> I want my technique to be used by other doctors to help patients. That's why I developed my company in Taiwan. Because in Taiwan, we have very high-technic companies and with relatively uh, low cost in Taiwan. And we have the same quality of the engineers as in Silicon Valley I was before. So I was in Stanford in 2012. And when I have my training in Stanford, I moved back to Taiwan. So I think in Taiwan, we have good resources. We have good technique and we have good engineers. And our cost actually much more less than in Silicon Valley. So we want to deliver a machine with a reasonable price, with an affordable price for doctors and patients. I hope that we can help more people, not, not only earning money. I see. I see. That's amazing. And when do you think NowTrack will be regularly spread out around Taiwan and used in hospitals regularly in Taiwan? Well, this year, we got an ISO certificate for our quality systems and for the system of NowTrack last year. So we are planning and applying the FDA and the CE mark recently. So we hope for this year, that's our goal, to get a certificate by FDA and CE mark. So after we got the CE mark and FDA, we can go to sell in Europe and the United States. Of course, in Taiwan, so we are planning that part in this year. So we hope that it can go to the market maybe next year. 
So as as early as possible, maybe next year, and then we want to help more people maybe next year and and the the coming year after that. And when you say go to the market, that means it can be distributed to hospitals around Taiwan. Yes, not only Taiwan, but also Europe and and United States or in other areas. But last year in October, we go to San Francisco. There is a very big congress for neurosurgeons、uh, all the world. So we launch our now track there, and we show our device to all the neurosurgeons, and they are very happy about that part. And of course, some of the distributors in Europe, and in、uh, United States, and in Southern Asia, they come to us and ask、uh, about when can we get a certificate, and they want to you know go to the market as soon as possible when we get that part. Yeah, so only in Taiwan, but also in other areas in all around the world. Speaking about NowTrack being distributed to hospitals around Taiwan, if someone does need brain surgery using NowTrack, would it potentially be covered by national health insurance? Well, we have not discussed with、uh, national insurance yet, but I think for the surgeries that need to. Be more precisely not only implant some tubes, but also some such like the brain stimulations, brain biopsies that we can do that with our systems. And of course, we will discuss with our you know national health insurance about how to pay for that part. Yeah, I see. Before we launch, I see. So you're a brain surgeon, correct? You're a neurosurgeon. I'm a surgeon, but not a neurosurgeon. What type of surgeon are you? Yeah, I'm actually a urologist. I'm the director of urology and oncology in China Medical University Beijing Hospital. Oh,、yeah. I see. Wow. So you went to medical school, and then you decided to co-found Brain Navi. How long did it take you to go from creating the idea of NowTrack? To the development and to now the future distribution of NowTrack to hospitals around Taiwan. What has been the well, time period? Yeah, I, I introduced myself briefly. Yeah, actually, I graduated from Kaohsiung Medical University and I become a urologist in 2000. I graduated in 2000, and then 2005, I go to learn ab- about the biomedical engineer. Since 2005, and I, I finished my master and PhD degree in Chenggong University in Taiwan, in Tainan, and then I go to Stanford for learning how to start up a medical device company. We have a government-funded program called Stanford Taiwan Biomedical Program. So I was sent to Stanford for learning how to start up a medical device company. And after coming back from Stanford, I. Built、uh, or I established a company called iSensors that is already IPO in Taiwan. I found the company in 2012, and in 2014 I discussed with Professor Lin about his idea of how to do the navigation surgeries.、So、he wanted to do navigation surgeries, but he don't know how to do that. And with my knowledge, I told him about my ideas, and、uh, and we started to found、uh, this company. So I founded、uh, Brain Navi in 2014, and then we started to collaborate with one of the most famous prototyping company in Silicon Valley in 2014 and 2015, and then started to recruit the Taiwan's、uh, engineers in 2015, and then we moved all the research from Silicon Valley back to Taiwan in 2015. So that's 
How is Todd Brenavi? Well, thank you so much for speaking with me. Yeah, thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode of Taiwan Talk. I'd like to thank Jerry Chen again for joining me. If you're interested in learning more about Brain Navi, head to www.brainnavi.com. B-R-A-I-N-N-A-V-I. And don't forget to tune in next week for an all-new episode. As always, remember to take care of yourselves. I'm Sheree Felice.